0: but the psychology of the founder. And with each episode, I'm going to help you take your life and business to levels you never thought possible. If you're ready to play the game of life and business in God mode, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the show. I know it's been a while. If you're a regular follower of the show, um, you might have noticed that Some weeks I produce some episodes and other weeks I don't. I've been really allowing myself in this period of my life to be in a state of flow and sharing only when I'm inspired to share something. And today I wanna share with you something extremely, extremely provocative, pivotal, and profound. Today's topic is, why destroying yourself is the only path true freedom and here's a quote to get you warmed up in order to save myself I must first destroy the me that I was told to be in order to save myself I must first destroy the me that I was told to be this is going to be a slightly different kind of episode I have with me here my partner in life Lee Noto she is joining me for the first time on the show. We've been planning um, an episode where she's here with me and we share a little bit about the, the crazy shit that we do behind closed doors. And uh, the craziness that I'm talking about involves some of the most intense, deep, ponderous and insane levels of transformation the transformation of our consciousness the transformation of our identity the transformation of who we are how we show up what we do and in many ways lee is my ultimate case study now there's a reason why i say that in fact when we first met i told her that that she was going to be my ultimate case study she had no idea what she was in for Uh, And what this means is that someone, I mean, you may have met me. We may have done some work together. um, I may have helped you create some pretty deep transformations in your life. Um, And if you even just have listened to the show, then you've probably gotten a taste of who I am and how I show up. And um, you're going to get an even deeper taste of that here and a firsthand account of what it's like to live with me (laughs) and experience this all the time so i told lee that she was going to be my ultimate case study because on some level when you spend that much time with someone when you have that much access to someone there's really a huge opportunity for for change for transformation for us to up level for us to expand and grow and i believe that that is really the purpose of our relationship um, of our relationship and of any relationship most people they get into relationships because they want to. They want to stop becoming they want to stop changing they want to just find someone who's going to be okay with who they are right now and be okay with that for the rest of their life and uh we we're not going to get into relationship mechanics in this episode too much from a political standpoint but you know in this relationship what's happened is that i've taken a sledgehammer to lee in every way and i know that sounds pretty intense and um It probably was, let's face it, Um, but you're going to learn about why destroying yourself is the only path to true freedom. It's the only way you can ever be free. So here's why it's important and relevant to you. Unless you destroy the you you were told to be, this fictitious identity that was created for you initially and then you extended you extrapolated you will live for the rest of your life in a state of psychological suffering you will be in various states of anxiety fear doubt um trouble you know valuing yourself esteeming yourself you will stay trapped in your past you will continually recreate your past over and over again and you will never be free And you will never create your reality by choice. Instead, you will live your life by default. You will just hit play on the program that you identify as, which is really a series of sub-programs. And you will repeat that program every single day. You're going to wake up into the same life over and over and over and over again. This episode is going to trigger you. This episode is going to be very polarizing. It might piss you off, um, and I hope it does actually, because if it doesn't, then you're not actually fully getting the profundity of what I'm about to share, because this has been something I've been teaching Lee for the past two years, and that's really why she's a part of the episode today, because you're going to get a first-hand account of someone who's basically done the deepest level of work that they could with me, and. We've destroyed Lee in the process. We've completely destroyed her. So Lee, tell us what that even means to you to destroy oneself for the purposes of creating freedom. What does that freedom actually mean? Like, what what has your experience been like?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, babe, it's so nice to be here. <laughs> and full disclosure, I'm still getting a taste of what freedom Even means because it's so easy to throw around the word freedom, the word that points to a concept that is not, it cannot be captured in words. And what that's meaning for me right now, at the point of the process that I'm in, is feeling spacious inside my mind, inside my body, and not feeling like I'm a slave to triggers a slave to stories about what this means about me or what this means about you or our life. And I can wake up each day and I can create with a blank canvas. So I don't have to take what happened yesterday into my day today. That also means I have a lot more emotional freedom. So I'm not, I'm not weighed down by emotions like anger and resentment, and frustration all the time. There's certainly a time and place for those emotions, but now it becomes a choice Mm. as opposed to a default state and an underlying state that's just kind of operating in the background all the time.
0: And speaking about, you know, not taking last night into today, there's, there's a reason why we're recording this episode today, right? Because something very I don't know what adjectives to use here. Something very profound occurred for you last night. Do you want to share that a little bit? Because I, you know, I, I've wanted to have you on the show for a very long time since I started it, but for some reason or the other, it never happened. And mm-hmm. today, you know, it just—I was just clear that this was the right time because you were there. And I mean, there in a very <laughs> vague but yet precise way. And I think you understand what I mean. So why is this conversation significant in terms of you being here and what has shifted for you very, very, very recently as recently as last night?
1: What happened last night felt like a complete destruction of a world I once knew. So to paint the scene, Ani and I were sitting in his office and we were facing each other, sitting across from each other. And for any of you who have read the books, Conversations with God, you know that Neil Donald Walsh basically gets, he's in this trance where he's writing a question and then the response comes through him in writing, but it's God that's answering. And so last night we had this experience where I felt as if I was sitting across from someone that vaguely appeared like Ani, but was obscured out of my vision, was like a shadowy figure, and was answering my questions as if he were God answering them. So I was receiving these responses that didn't feel like Ani to me. They didn't feel like I was talking to Ani. It felt like I was receiving some higher message as if you were acting as a channel. And what was significant for me was that because I was asking questions about my own experience, you know what used to happen in the past is I just wouldn't even go there. I would not ask you, Ani, for feedback about my experience because I was so afraid that I was going to hear your dissenting opinion of me and that it would point back to me not being good enough, me needing to do better, me needing to do more, you know, me doing less of something. And I, I just wouldn't go there with you. I wouldn't ask for feedback. And when you gave feedback, whether, which typically was unsolicited, I would be very defensive. I would be very resistant to hearing your reflection of me, which in many cases was a pretty objective reflection. So what happened last night was that I felt as if I were in a completely neutral state. Whatever you said didn't bother me. It was me, it's like me asking for directions to the deli and someone giving me directions. And I'm like, okay, thank you. There was no emotional charge, there was only curiosity. And this is one of the first times in this way that I've been so deeply curious about what has created. My life up until this point, what has created my thoughts, my beliefs, my habits, my patterns, and subsequently what has created the results I've received in my business, in my health, in our relationship, uh, which are varying results and also a lot of suffering. So last night was one of the first times I had come face to face with a very neutral sense of who I've been and how that has created a lot of suffering for me.
0: You almost had, uh, I say almost, but you had a full experience of direct truth.
1: Yes, it actually felt like I was on a plant medicine.
0: Yeah, on a psychedelic for those who aren't with the lingo. Um the scientific side of what she's saying um i mean you don't have to be esoteric or spiritual to get this what she experienced was ego disillusionment (laughs) the entire um temporary relaxation not um and a complete elimination because then we would cease to exist but um the term that i've coined to describe the sort of experiences, um, a state in which the ego is so relaxed that it ceases to be the filter through which you perceive reality. So what Lee is talking about is that she she experienced naked reality. She experienced direct truth, not filtered through her perceptions, her beliefs, her opinions, her conditioning, her trauma, her bullshit baggage, which you know all of us are blessed with. and that most people would consider some sort of an awakening experience would you say
1: yeah it it felt truly like an awakening it's it's interesting because i experienced little to no emotion it i felt very neutral i felt very placid and calm i felt very curious it felt as if i was stationary But massively open. And even in my vision, everything but this shadowy image in front of me was obscured. And by the time we were done having our two hour long conversation, my pupils were dilated. I had been on no substances. So there was something potentially chemically happening inside of me, neurologically, emotionally, psychologically, somatically even if it was an absence of intense sensation, there was a completely different lived experience that I got to have last night than I've ever had before.
0: Yeah, It was the absence of a sense of self.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Right. And when Lee says I appeared uh, to be speaking as God um, in a way, yes, because I'm God, your God, you know, all of us are gods. Um, we are all made of the same thing. We're all, made of the god stuff Uh, i you know i'm the god stuff that appears in ani form this is god stuff that appears in leaf form there's a tree outside that appears in tree form and you appear in you form Um, so really it's the absence of my ego structure as well right it's the absence of an ego structure is what that pure consciousness pure awareness is There's still a little bit of ego structure there because otherwise communication wouldn't be possible, but compared to how most people show up in conversation and communication most of the time, this is, you know, a significant decrease, let's say, comparable to what you would experience on psychedelics. So do you have any questions for me? (laughs) Yeah,
1: a ton. Okay. So I really would love to hear how you describe this. And when you say destroy oneself for the purpose of creating freedom, what does that really mean? And what does freedom mean?
0: Yeah, so this moment that she experienced last night was two years in the making, right? It took two years to get her to this place where she could experience herself from outside herself in a way, (laughs) And um, that's why she's the ultimate case study, because it's quite unlikely that I'm going to have this much access to another human being, um, which with this much depth, like it's, it's just hard. I mean, we've put in like thousands of hours, maybe more. (laughs) Um, I don't want to do the math, but what we're talking about here is freeing ourselves from the most fundamental kind of bondage that we all live in and this bondage is our conditioned sense of self so you probably you know you have a name right you have first name last name Um, If you look at your driver's license, there's some names and numbers that define you. If you think about who you are, there's probably some attributes that come to mind, right? You're good at math, you're athletic, or you run a business, you're very successful, you make a lot of money, you don't make a lot of money, whatever it may be, right? Um, When you were born, you were born a blank slate. You were just purely embodied, which just means in your body, in body, embodied uh, as a baby, you didn't know how to speak. you didn't there were some you know fundamental um, ways in which your genes expressed based on your lineage and your um, the environment that you were swimming in in your mother's womb, um, which is where the whole epigenetic side of things comes along. But you were pretty much a blank slate. And then everything that you learned was programmed into you. You were told what your name was. You were told things about yourself, you were conditioned with guilt and shame and punishment, and you were molded into a certain shape, into a certain set of patterns, patterns at a neurological level, at a psychological level, at a physiological level, right? Your literal body was molded, your mind was molded, and you were molded into a certain shape. And you've pretty much occupied the shape and you've calcified the shape. You've added to the shape. You've extended it, right? Some attributes, like maybe in third grade, you fucked up on a math test and your teacher was like, oh, she gave you a D and, you know, you took the report card home and your dad beat the shit out of you. And, you know, you just were traumatized and it was really wired into your neurology that, you don't do well with numbers, and you spend the rest of your life reinforcing this belief, right? And maybe you just didn't consider doing engineering, architecture, um, physics, or you know an entire whole section of the catalog <laughs> in terms of what you could study and in terms of the vocation you could pursue. And maybe that event pretty much, you know, maybe it caused you to retreat into musical theater, and. You carried this complex your entire life that you're bad with numbers, and that translated into a relationship with money. And you know that appeared as um, chronic spending. And you can hold on to money. You can make money. You can manage your money. And you were always in these feast and famine cycles. Um, you're starting to get a sense for what I mean by bondage, right? And so. Who you think you are is an absolute and complete lie. It is a fucking fabrication. It is made up. And it was not made up by you, for the most part. It was made up by someone else, and you accepted because you were very accessible and programmable at the age, because from age zero to seven, um, the primary brainwave um, in your brain, which is where brainwaves are, uh, in case you didn't know that, um, Is the theta way, which is the kind of brainwave you produce in a state of hypnosis. So you're directly recording and coding into the tape recorder of your subconscious mind all these things that, you know, mom is doing and dad is saying, and, you know, their dynamics are being internalized into your attachment dynamics. And you are just waiting to recreate that in your relationships for the rest of your life. And guys, this shit is, um, it's, the prison that most people on this planet live in, and they don't even know it. That prison is made up of their sense of self, who they are, right? Who they think they are, not who they actually are. So this might, you know, not sit well with a lot of people, but your entire life is a lie. Everything you know about yourself, everything you believe about yourself is a complete lie. It's a fabrication, it's made up. And... Um, the only three things that are true, the objective truth, right? And you can verify this in your direct experience are Lee. Let's do a quiz. Do you remember from last night? What are the only three things? <sighs>
1: mm-hmm. so I exist, I am aware, and I experience. 10 on 10. Oh, yeah. You're an A, a student.
0: A plus, A plus plus. <laughs> so I'll repeat that I exist. Can you dispute this, the fact that you exist? Try it. I'll wait. (laughs) How about I'm aware? You're aware. You're self-aware. And you're aware of other things in your environment, right? You're aware of the, the world you live in. You're aware of yourself. And I experience. Are you experiencing the sound of my voice? Are you perhaps seeing this on YouTube and experiencing the photons that make up who i am <laughs> those are the only three things that are true everything else is false and when i say false i don't mean that it's um it's untrue it's just made up right it's a personal truth we make up a truth and we call it reality and you know we we operate within the bounds of that reality and that's the prison we live in So when we talk about freedom, we're talking about the freedom to create our life in a way that we want, not in the way that was decided for us. And this is the thing that I'm the most passionate about. You know, out of everything, the most basic thing I do is I help people actually create their reality by choice, not by default, because the conditioning we receive as kids pretty much guarantees the patterning of our life for the rest of our life in every way right that's why um, alcoholism is generational that's how tra- that's why trauma is generational that's why um, poor you know being broke is generational right being rich is also generational <laughs> um, most of these things are generational because we are products of our conditioning and in that we Most people, they don't actually have freedom. They're not sovereign. They can't make their own choices. They wake up and they make the same choices that they've made the the day before, the day before that. And their entire life is basically the same programs being executed over and over and over again. And then they're like, I want something else. I want more money. I want a bigger business. I want to be with the love of my life. I want to be happy. I want to be this. I want to be that. But they never get that. They never get that. Most people, they never get what they want. Why? Because they are not free. They're not free to exercise choice. Choice to experience something different than what they're stuck in.
1: Okay. (laughs) I resonate so deeply with that because that's where I've spent my entire life up until this relationship. And even in large parts of this relationship really found myself in resistance because it felt as if I was going to die. And that, you know, there wasn't the the conscious thought that, okay, I'm going to die right now if I surrender to seeing myself and my own destructive tendencies and the, the conditioning that I was given. But there was this sense of death in that I felt if I surrendered, I would lose myself. And in truth, I would lose the me I thought I was, but I would not lose the infinite me that I am. So with that being said, for those who are kind of understanding what's happening, but also like, why the fuck would I want to destroy myself why would anyone want to destroy themselves? Like, can you go deeper into the, the the why here and what the benefits are? And benefits, I think, doesn't even start to encapsulate what is actually on offer.
0: Yeah, I, I will. But I kind of want you to take a stab at that first because you're fresh in this experience. And you've had, you know, a series of experiences over the past two years, Um You've had a fun ride. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So give us some like really tangible, you know, empirical data on this. Like, what is your direct experience like in terms of the kind of freedom that we're talking about here? And how were you suffering before? Like, give us the contrast of, you know, Lee 1.0 and Lee 2.0.
1: Yes. So how was I suffering before? Let's start there. The suffering before, I have to be honest that when I was suffering, I was very unaware that I was suffering. And I think that's really the case for most people, because we have been so programmed to tolerate whatever environment it was that we grew up in. If that and if that was a less than favorable or less than healthy environment, then we have a very high threshold for pain or conflict or dissociation, emotional disconnection finding ways to meet our own needs at a very young age. And so as we go on through life and we experience that, we're seeing life through that filter. And that was the filter that I saw life through. I saw life through a filter that said I wasn't good enough unless I proved my worth through performance, through desirability, through being hot, through saying the right thing, through getting good grades, through making a lot of money. And this is what ails so many people. I mean, it is all of this. This is why the media corporations exist to continue to, to drill this in media corporations, pharmaceuticals, et cetera. So I spent my whole life being at the whims of how well I was performing, how much energy I had, how sexy I could be. And it, I didn't realize for the longest time until recently that I had been utterly exhausted, just perpetually burnt out and always chasing something. Now, by all accounts, at previous points in my life, I thought my life was pretty good. And for my level of awareness at the time, it was pretty good. I was on the path of spiritual development and personal growth, and things were pretty good, according to me.
0: Most people have no idea how good it can get, right? Would you say that's true?
1: Now that you've now that you've gotten here. (laughs) To be honest, though, like here is not really a destination. I still personally feel that I don't know how good things can get. Like there, I'm I think what this previous part of the journey was for me was clearing out what was standing in the way of things really being good for me. Now that I have created this place where I'm almost back to that blank slate. You know, of course I still have, you know, 31 years of lived experience. I, I have memories with people. I have recollection of past events. I am also at a place where I recognize that none of that actually matters in creating the present moment. Yeah. So my traumatic experience as a child aren't happening anymore. So they don't, have to impact how I see myself now. Now they can if I don't do something about it or if I don't see that I actually have a choice in the matter, which is how I lived. But I can also see that in each moment I can create myself to be a a wealthy woman. I can create myself to be a woman who is very in tune with her emotions. I can create myself to be someone who is calm and present and open-hearted, as long as I choose that, and I keep choosing that.
0: You can create yourself to be anything, right? That's the—that's really what we're saying with the words freedom and choice. These words are not enough to really convey the depth of what we're talking about, but words are going to have to do because that's how we communicate in this world of duality. Right? So we,
1: I, I want to just follow up on yeah. that second part, which is, what are the actual benefits of this? Yeah. And I mean, I'm happy to answer that, but I'd love to hear from your perspective as well. You yeah. know, so we we're, you're saying freedom and choice, but when it comes to someone's day-to-day life, freedom's a very big concept. But What does that mean practically for someone? Why would they go through this Seemingly arduous, yeah, crazy epic tale of destruction. Like, why would they do that?
0: So imagine, do uh, you remember a ruler like in math class? I guess math is coming up a lot. You know those, you know, foot long rulers in math class. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them had zero in the middle, and on the right of that, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten and on the other side of zeros minus one minus two minus three um and so imagine a, a ruler like that horizontal right zero is this moment this present moment the now when we are living in our conditioned self we are living not in the now we're not at zero so at any given moment um our energy, our awareness, our consciousness is fragmented across the past, right? Some of it is trapped at age two, when um, mom didn't feed us until we did Hooked on Phonics, like what you experienced. Some of it is trapped at age four, when dad yelled at us because he had a bad day at work. Um, Some strapped at age seven, when dad beat the Shit out of me because, you know, I bombed a test, um, and so on and so forth, right? And so we are literally fragmented into pieces along the timeline of our life. But time doesn't actually exist because there's only the now. This is the only moment that exists. Time is something we perceive when we experience reality filtered through our ego structure right? Same with space. So time and space are constructs that the the ego needs to exist, (laughs) right? So um, that's the first thing. So the first benefit is to actually fully live because right now I guarantee you're not actually living. You're stuck in the past or you're imagining a, a fearful future and you spend most of your day Somewhere else, um, they've done research on this, by the way. The number—I think the number is like sixty-eight percent um, of the time or either in the past or the future. I'll, I want to dig up the exact number, but it was a Harvard study. Um, here's the thing: we miss out on the richness of life because what we um, what we lose out on is presence. Presence is just the ability to fully be here now, not in thought about the past or the future, not, you know, somewhere else, not lost in our heads, but here experiencing naked reality through our senses without interpreting it, without creating perceptions around it, without creating perspectives around it, without judging it, right? It's just the pure naked experience of reality. When I eat a strawberry, It's being able to fully eat that strawberry, to smell it, to taste the texture of it, to bite into it slowly and really fall into the flavor. Right? This shows up in sex. This shows up in the work we do, being in such a state of absorption that we're in a state of flow. Right? Playing a piece of music, skiing downhill, playing a sport, um, writing, you know, Uh, a novel or whatever, being in nature, right? All of life's joys are in the present moment. And when we're trapped, you know, in our conditioned self, in our conditioned mind, we cannot occupy fully the present moment, which means we're missing out on most of life, right? So the first thing, the first benefit of destroying yourself um, is to actually, for the first time, potentially, Right or at will, fully be here, and fully experience what this moment offers. Right, it could be a cup of coffee, it could be, you know, driving your car, it could be, you know, weightlifting, whatever it is. The second is being able to choose and create our reality by choice. Right, because for most people, your present moment is a product of your past, and your future is going to be a product of your present which is a product of your past, which means most people are just living the same day for, you know, 50 years, 60 years. Their rate of change is very low, it's very small. And so most people, they just keep recreating the past over and over and over and over and over again, right? And that's why time seems to be flying by. That's why, it, it, you know, life feels very mundane. Then we take a vacation, we escape from a mundane life. And then we come back to it and we're miserable. So if you're seeing patterns in your life that you're repeating in relationships, in, with finances, with business, with your body, your health, whatever it may be, you're trapped in the past. You're just recreating the past over and over and over again. So the second big benefit is to be able to create the reality that you want, is to actually be able to have whatever the fuck you want in life. Be happy, be calm, be relaxed. Sleep well, right? Be in a great relationship, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, make a huge impact on the world, right? Really serve or create that that piece of art, write that book, play that piece of music, whatever it may be. If you're trapped by your conditioning, you are living by default, you're not living by design. So the second big benefit is being able to create our reality. That's what sovereignty is. That's what freedom is. That's the ultimate kind of freedom.
1: Okay. So this, you know, I imagine I'll answer part of this question, but what does it actually take? Yeah. Right? Because the the benefits are huge here. How would someone actually go on this journey? So
0: the first thing is to really be able to see the truth, right? And this is hard. It's hard to to see the truth and hard to be truthful with ourselves. But we must be able to see where we are creating our own suffering, right? Because we may have experienced trauma, right? But likely, hopefully it's not happening right now as we speak, (laughs) but Likely it happened in the past, right? And what we're doing we're, is we're renewing the suffering. In Buddhism, this is called the second arrow. The pain comes from outside sometimes, but the suffering we create around that is the, the experience and story that we wrap around it, right? And that, for most of us, for a lot of us, it comes from the way we were conditioned by our parents because most people were conditioned with judgment, shame guilt, punishment. So step one is we have to be able to see where we're suffering and where that suffering is coming from without the judgment, without the shame, without the resistance. The resistance keeps us from seeing the truth. The shame creates a buffer. Same with judgment between us and the truth. All of these keep us from actually fully opening up to the truth of how we're living, how we're showing up, who we are. And before... We um, can create what we want, who we want to be. We have to fully, fully, fully acknowledge and accept and come into contact with who, who we've been. right? And this took you two years. And on some level it'll, you know, um, it's going to be an ongoing process. So the second you know big piece is you want to get clear on who you want to be instead of who you were, who you were told to be, who you have been, right, who you've been in the habit of being, you really, um, most people, they focus on what they don't want. They focus on what they don't want to be. They don't want to be broke. They don't want to be angry. They don't, they don't want to be this. They don't want to be that. Very few people actually think of what they actually want instead. So we have to get clear on what we want instead, because we're have to. we trying to relocate, right? It's like you you you're likely not going to move out of one house without having another house lined up right? That, that's not going to feel safe to move all your possessions out of this house um, and, you know, not have a place to go. That's going to feel very naked and, and challenging and, and unsafe. So you want to have a new house, right? And this new house, you want to you make sure that it's got a paint job, It you know, everything's done because you don't want construction while you're there. Now, you are, you are going to make some cosmetic improvements. You're going to get furniture. You're going to swap some things out. You're going to move some things around. But you want to get really clear, right? Because life is short. Actually, life is not short. Life is finite. Short is relative, right? That's a construct. But life is finite. That we can't argue with. We're all going to die. And we have a limited amount of time here. And what we do with that time is really important because we only get one shot at this. So... That's, you know, if you are actually interested in in doing this for yourself, look at yourself, be honest, without shame, without judgment, without resistance, look at where you're creating suffering, right? Acknowledge it. Fully allow yourself to feel the magnitude, the consequence of that. Get clear on who you want to be instead. And then choose, right? You want to choose because this, choice that i'm talking about is not a one-time thing right it's it's a lifetime thing it's an every moment thing right we have to take radical responsibility for ourselves for our experience if we want our life to change we have to stop hoping that someone's going to come and save us right you can hire a coach you can hire someone to come see your blind spots and and show you like what's actually happening but you know i can't do the work for my clients it, that that's up to them, right? So we have to take radical responsibility. We have to be able to observe the patterns, the dysfunctional patterns without judgment. And the dysfunctional piece, you know, is also, I'm, I'm using that word, but there's no judgment there because it's dysfunctional based on the life that you actually want, that you say you want. You say that five times a day, right? But there's patterns in procrastination, perfectionism, avoidance, fear, doubt, like this. you know, a, a ton of these things that are keeping you from what you want, right? And really get clear, write this down, journal, right? Envision how you want your life to be, how you wanna show up, how you wanna feel, and then commit to that. Commit to that every single day. Commit to that every single moment. Every single moment is a second chance. And when you default to your conditioning, don't shame yourself, don't beat yourself up. Just simply reroute, recommit without the shame. Get back on the horse because that's the only way we can make this journey, right? Transformation happens in an instant. It takes two years to be ready for that instant, right? But then in the next moment, we get a fresh a fresh start. We get a fresh shot at life because every moment is a second chance. Now, if we keep making that choice, eventually, it becomes hardwired. It becomes, you know, in neuroscience, we call this being proceduralized, right? In our psychedelic therapy training, like that's what we talk about. It's proceduralizing, it's creating a, a, a new program around this new way of being. And when we do that enough with enough things, that just becomes who we are, right? And now who we are is different. And because who we are is different, The life we experience, the reality we experience, the experience we have of life, how we feel, how we show up, the results we create are different. And they're a lot closer to what we want. And life is about this continual process of destroying ourselves and recreating. And this is what I've been doing for pretty much like over 30 years, right? Like ever since I was a little kid, because we used to move a lot and i used to change you know schools and have to make new friends i'd be reinventing myself like since i was a kid i did it when i moved you know halfway around the world from india to new york you know just and pretty much like constantly and that's really like what i've trained myself to become an expert in not be attached to who i am because even who i think i am right now is a fabrication it's a lie <laughs> it's a construct right? And so it all that does is it limits me. And you know, I'm all about being limitless. And that's what being limitless is, right? That's true freedom. When we're not limited by the confines of our sense of self, by the confines of our conditioning, who we've been told we are, who we have believed ourselves to be.
1: Mm, yeah. Okay. So we have... A a very easy, digestible way to understand how to see ourselves, how to watch our suffering, how to reroute through choice, and how to reroute when we hit default without judgment and shame. But what are some of the things that can stand in the way, right? Because I mean, I experienced a lot of them, but what, you know, you would paint this picture for me of what freedom is, what it means, what's on offer for me. And I'd be like, "Yeah, I want that. Let's do it." And then, whoop, booby trap. And there were many of those that I came across. So, what are some things that can get in the way of someone, just you know, really committing to this and making this their new default way of being?
0: Yeah. So let me let me warn you of the obstacles ahead, right? Um, and the degree to which these obstacles hold you back. Is entirely up to you it's your choice and lee i want you to speak about this um when i share this but you know the the suffering that you experience is a product of the resistance that you create and in the absence of the resistance the suffering disappears so you can have pretty much anything you want except for the limitations you put between yourself and that so here are some of the things like you know will you'll likely come into contact with in in this journey if you decide to undertake this and i highly recommend that you do so the first is your subconscious patterns and what this means is there are patterns of behavior of being of thinking of feeling of being that are subconscious they're below your consciousness right you're not aware of it so it's happening under the surface and you know these are not bringing you towards the life that you want And this is where having a coach or a mentor or someone who can really see you um, is really helpful, right? But you can also, if you journal enough, if you introspect enough, you'll catch this stuff. Second would be self-defense mechanisms. So typically we have defense mechanisms like the, you know, fight, getting angry, lashing out, projecting, flight, you know, turning away, avoiding, shutting down, pulling away. Um, Freeze, which is just going blank, numbing, right? So all these mechanisms are designed to protect us. Um, Unfortunately, they, in addition to protecting us from dangerous things, they also protect us against truth. (laughs) So our self-defense mechanisms get in the way of us actually coming to contact with the truth. And, you know, the reason for that is that it's actually uncomfortable. You're going to experience discomfort and resistance to really seeing yourself, because it's very confronting to see the truth of, who you are, right? Like I've shown up as a really shitty partner in past relationships. And there's a part of me that really regrets that. And it's a fine line between seeing the truth and not shaming yourself, right? You really want to acknowledge and be truthful about who you are, who you've been without shaming yourself, without judging yourself. And I call this threading the eye of the needle because that's the only way to create change. And then, you know, there's going to be fear, fear of death, right? The death of who you've been, right? Moving out of one house, (laughs) the house that you occupy, your sense of self, the loss of love, connection, right? Because if you stop being who you are, the people who love that person, know that person are connected to that person may not want you, right? I've had to put a lot of distance between all the iterations of people around me, my family, my, you know, you know, different kinds of friends because, you know, I'm just growing at a much faster pace and, you know, not everyone's going to stick around. Not everyone's going to be along for the ride. Some will, that's great. Um, And then finally, it's just the illusion itself, because what we're really talking about is seeing through the illusion, right? When I say, and this is the linchpin of the whole conversation, when I say destroy yourself, now here's what I'm really saying. I'm not saying actually destroy yourself, because there's actually nothing to destroy. Right. That's the punchline. the the real The real um, destruction happens in a moment of self-realization when you see that who you've constructed yourself to be, who you thought you were, who you've accepted yourself to be as this unchangeable, immutable, you know, person, right? is entirely made up it's a fabrication it's an illusion and that's the illusory self and just because we've decided and accepted that that's who we are doesn't make us that right we're so much more because what we actually are is not this temporary finite self we are the eternal unbounded limitless awareness that is the as one of my favorite people on the planet, one of my coaches says, the entire creative potential of the motherfucking universe. <laughs> That's who you are. You're God, right? As Ram Das would say, we're all God and drag. The drag is this makeup of a temporary finite self that we put on ourselves. And this is really where this concept of being limitless came from for me. Now it's taken me a long time to actually talk about some of this stuff because, you know, I didn't know if people would be ready, but I don't really care anymore. So, you know, if you listen to this and this weirded you out, but kind of intrigued you and resonated, then stick around because we're going to be talking about crazy shit a whole lot more.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Awesome. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. I will just remark here that I came up against all of those mechanisms the self defense, discomfort, resistance, shame, judgment, fear, all of it. And something that really got me through all of those moments when those things would come up was coming back into connection with my body because I spent so much time in my thoughts. Uh, so, coming back into contact with my body and just laying my hands on my body, feeling the present moment, being in the present moment. And then from there, deciding what I actually wanted to think. Because it was my thoughts and my beliefs in the first place that created my somatic experience of discomfort, of anger, of feeling like I need to eject out of the moment. So, I would. Handle what was there in the moment first, the reaction, and I would be with my body. I would soothe myself. Often it meant self touch to my arms or to my belly or to my chest. And then I would go in and say, okay, what kind of thinking caused this reactivity or this trigger? What in me created that? How did I contribute to that? And then I would look at the thinking and the beliefs that were underlying that experience and i would then go in and reconstruct those beliefs
0: yeah that's a really important point so you know just for reference both lee and i are um, trained somatic trauma therapists right and we work with bodies we work with nervous systems we you know this is a world we're really really deeply immersed in and i just want to say you know just one any one perspective on reality is very limited. So just a body-based approach. People get stuck in body-based approaches because they're like, oh, my trauma response, my trauma response, my trauma response. On some level, we, we absolutely have to honor and respect the body and work with the body and allow the body to discharge the stress that it's accumulated. And this is perhaps a different school of thought than you might've come across, but the body is an appearance in consciousness right? The body is actually not separate from the mind. And unless the mind, which is pretty much the totality, the absolute, the everything, right? The thing that we experience reality through, that we experience our body through, the mind has to lead. The mind has to lead because the body will go into a loop and that loop has to be interrupted by something else. Right. And when you're by yourself, when you don't have a, a trauma therapist or someone, you know, who's immersed in body-based work there to ground you, to, to help you sort of, you know, contain that experience, you have something else that's an option. That is, you have your mind, right? And I don't mean your thinking mind. When I say mind, I mean there's a deeper, much more foundational part of you. That's a part of you that's looking out through your eyes, right? That is this vast intelligence that animates this body, this collection of 40 trillion cells that turns acorns into oak trees. That intelligence is what you are, right? The intelligence that creates all this life on this planet. So that intelligence has a plan. That intelligence has a design that intelligence is evolving. And we're the only species that can consciously direct our own evolution on this planet, right? We can evolve by choice. No other species can do that. And that comes with a lot of responsibility. And that's why I do the work that I do because I really believe that just like Lee is waking up to this, the more people that wake up to the truth of their nature, their vast, unbounded, limitless nature, this infinite creative potential that is who they are, we can evolve to the point where we can live in harmony. We can live in our hearts, where we can be led with love rather than fear, with abundance rather than scarcity. I want to see a world where, you know, everyone has enough. Everyone feels enough. Everyone feels worthy. Everyone feels happy. Everyone feels content. And we have connection and we feel safe and we can all get along. So that is really the world that I'm trying to create. And that is really why I want to have this conversation. And if you stuck around until now, thank you. Thank you, because there's some part of you that already knows everything that I'm saying, right? And that's the part of you that I want to speak to. That's the part of you that I want to ignite. And I want to watch that part of you come alive so you can actually create your own reality. Thank you so much for joining me. Remember, you are limitless. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value, please consider leaving a five star review to allow the show to reach more people or share this episode via your social media channels. If you're an entrepreneur and want support in exponentially scaling your business, email me at AniAnimanian.com. At